0: Or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Lord, we love you. Let everybody say amen. Praise God. Just get to the word of the Lord with me. One verse of scripture that we'll open with, we are continuing our series here on Tuesday night called Beatitudes, Beatitudes, that is, we're talking about uh, having a kingdom mindset, having a kingdom mindset in our life, and so I direct you to the very first, we laid a foundation last Tuesday with what, what the Lord did and what the Sermon on the Mount was about, Uh, But in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 3, would you read it aloud with me? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Say it again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Heavenly Father, we need you tonight on Tuesday Night Bible Study. We need you, Lord Jesus, to help us to, to go into the Word and learn from the Word. And may your Word come alive in us through revelation, through spiritual understanding and depth. Lord, let us be disciples of depth. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise, Lord, for what you do. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. Be seated. Be attitudes. How many of you have ever said to your child, You need an attitude adjustment? I see that hand. There's a few more going up. How many ever looked in the mirror and said, You need an attitude adjustment? <laughs> How many of you has your spouse ever told you, Don't raise your head? <laughs> My, my. But being a citizen of the kingdom is a constant attitude adjustment. It's called repentance. It's changing our mind, getting our mindset right. And um, in, the, in the British military, they will actually say, when they're marching and they're going to change direction, they will say, repent. American military, it's about face, but they will say, repent. And that's such a, true picture of having a change of direction being a citizen of the kingdom means that we need to sometimes adjust our attitude take on a different mindset take on a different culture and and since we're living in the flesh we got to deal with the flesh and since we're living in the world we got to deal with the world and that's why we have to constantly adjust that mindset the Bible says that Jesus called us to be the salt of the earth. He's called us to be the light. But how can we be that if we're bland and blind? we got to have an attitude adjustment. He's called us to be the city on the hill, but if we don't have the right thinking, we're probably not going to stand out. God wants us to stand out in a way that glorifies Him and gives Him honor So the message from Jesus from the very beginning, this is his first publicly recorded sermon that he gave, his lesson that he gave or taught, and it is, be different. Somebody say, be different. different. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Be different. Uh, Kingdom attitudes here are principles that just are different than that of the world, and he begins with his Sermon on the Mount, not with some interesting story or or some uh, thought-grabbing event or an illustration that captures your attention or even as some, I, I never understood this, why anybody, I've heard this taught at Bible colleges, believe it or not, is that you should open up with a good joke, <laughs> And I have watched over the years, pastoring some places here, there, and beyond, when, when somebody that come with that mindset would open up a joke, then the message following that is about as flat as, as Dr. Pepper has been lifted open for 30 days. You know it, 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 But Jesus didn't start with a, a joke. He didn't start with a great story. He goes to the core of the issue from the very beginning. The kingdom of heaven is unlike that of the kingdom of the earth. This is how he starts his message. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you are at a hopeless time. With less of you, there's more of God to rule. If we can get ourself out of the way sometimes... So the first thing is to be humble. Somebody say, be humble. That's what what this verse is leading us. The poor ones, the humble ones, are the blessed ones. The humble ones, the powerless, the weak, the feeble, the frail, considered to be frail and fragile, they're the ones. If they have a heart and a spirit of, of genuine spiritual poverty that says, I can't do this without you. I refuse to exalt myself. Amen. I need to be humble. It's a kingdom attitude adjustment I need in my life. We all do not have to struggle to be prideful. It comes naturally. Being proud and and, and being in a in a, a situation where we're being like, like the enemy, I will ascend. I will do. I will make myself better. But... Uh, happy are the humble, happy are the humble, happy are the poor in spirit, it's a kingdom attitude. The Amplified Bible uh, reads of this verse, blessed, happy, to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of their outward conditions. I love how the Amplified Version can take a handful of words and turn it into a paragraph. But I, li- I like the Amplified Bible. It's, it's tremendous. He said, he said, happy, happy are the poor in spirit, the humble who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The humble gain the kingdom of heaven. Those that are poor in spirit... Gain the kingdom of heaven. This beatitude is a direction that is opposite most human thinking. This thinking does not work with present-day understandings of success and prosperity. In that day, the zealots said, happiness comes when you have a worthy cause to fight for. You're happy when you're fighting. You ever been around somebody that's not happy until they're arguing and fussing and fighting? Theirs is not the kingdom. The liberal Sadducees of the religious part of the Jews, the Sadducees would be considered like what we would call liberal and the Pharisees conservative, but the Sadducees thought happiness come through elitism and compromise. But the self-righteous Pharisees claimed happiness comes through action and being holy and being right. The kingdom doesn't come with me being right. It comes with me being humble. It doesn't come to us by elitism and and compromise, but it comes to us by being humble. Jesus exemplified this attitude for us. Open up uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, and this is where we find that scripture, let this mind or let this attitude be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What is that attitude? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself. Can I just stop and tell you, it is important that we humble ourselves. Because if we don't, Life and God will do it. Humble yourself. He humbled himself, amen, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He is setting forth a kingdom principle, a kingdom pattern, is that he made no reputation for himself. That means, if you look that up, that means he deprived himself of power and force. He emptied, divested himself. Jesus Christ, our example, emptied himself and chose, chose to take on the form of a servant. Those that are the people and the children of God must follow the same example. Is that you may have all the power to run somebody over, but humility chooses not to. You may have the knowledge to to, to hurt somebody and and beat them in an argument, but humility says, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. Jesus essentially made himself of nothing when he was everything. He emptied himself when he had all. He divested himself of self-interest, Amen. But he did not divest himself of his divinity. Amen. He he showed us how that you can have power, but humble yourself for a worthy cause. And the cause is the kingdom of heaven. The cause is the kingdom of God. Jesus was made uh, human flesh, manifest himself in human flesh. And the message then is clear for us is that we as humans must empty ourselves of the goals that we have that, that takes lordship over the goals of Christ. We empty ourselves of our agenda and follow his agenda. We empty our purpose and follow his purpose. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those that have emptied themselves for the cause of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, it says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, though he was rich, somebody say spiritually rich, naturally rich, he owns it all, it's all his anyway, yet for your sakes, He became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. It is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. If we take upon us the attitude that I'm going to humble myself because there's a greater purpose and that is called the kingdom of God. Now everybody has a concept of what a poor is. Anybody here feel like he was raised poor? Anybody here was raised, I said poor, let me let me say it right. Po. Now you understand what I'm saying. You got the poor folks, that's the uppity of the poverty level. Then you got those folks that are po folks. Remember, po folks restaurant? Po folks. Raised up poor. Poor is a subjective term. Poor is For some people, different than it is for others. Everyone has a concept. An American concept of poverty is different than the impoverished people of Haiti. It's different. The poverty level for us is different than the poverty level of many of the third world countries. Who are these poor folks that Jesus is talking about? Who are these that is going to be blessed and happy? Can only the ones with no money be poor? Is that what he's talking about? Only the poor are going to see the kingdom? Is that what he's talking about? Well, let's look at this. There are two primary words used for the word poor in the New Testament, two Greek words. The first one means to toil for daily substance. It it designates the working They earn what they have through their daily labor. A form of this word describes a poor widow may be receiving a small substance from a relative or social agency in Luke 21 and 2. But here in this verse is the second word for poor, and it literally means to cower as one that is Helpless, powerless, destitute, even of the necessities of life. There's a lot of people that stand on the street corners and are begging that they're not poor. But there are those that have absolutely nothing, and they are destitute. They have nowhere to go. They have nothing in their life. And there are those in our world today that are like that. And what the Lord is saying this is your concept. Without me, you're destitute. Without me, you are powerless. Without me, you are afflicted. Without me, you are a beggar, a pauper and one that is subject to abject poverty, totally dependent. So what he is saying is that you need an attitude that says, I am totally dependent on Jesus Christ. I am totally, I don't care how much money you got in the bank, I'm totally dependent on Jesus Christ. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Hallelujah. So poor does not necessarily here mean one that has no riches, no wealth, but rather it refers to someone that has the mindset that I, without him, am weak, powerless, frail. Oh, but with him, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. That's the attitude of the kingdom. The attitude of the world is I'm self-sufficient. I can take care of myself. I am self-strong. I am self-made. But I tell you, the people of the kingdom of God are Jesus-made. They are Jesus-empowered. They are Holy Ghost-empowered. When I realize that without him, I can do nothing. In Luke 4 and 18, Jesus is reading in the synagogue when he said, from the book of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And 4 and 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are abused or bruised rather, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus told the disciples of John, one of the signs that they could tell that he was Messiah is that he preached the gospel to the poor. What is your mental Concept when I say somebody is Poe, when they are just I they have nowhere else to go, what do you see? What is that mindset that you see? What is that picture of that person? Dirty, unclean, unkept, rags. I don't know whatever concept that is, but we need a spiritual concept that looks inside of us and says, That's who I am without him. That's who I am without him. I want to ask you to lift your voice right now and say, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. How I need you, Lord. How I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Jesus said in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17, they that are whole, have no need of a physician but they that are sick I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance those that are in need of him is why he came when you think and i think well i got it figured out i got this life thing figured out i know how to do this and i i, I was talking to someone Uh, just recently, and maybe it was here in the church, but uh, I would think it was Brother Jason that I was talking to about this is that, you, you know, you always thought when you're young and you think when I turn this certain age, I'm surely gonna know it all. When I get 50, that's old. And those folks at 50 have got their act together and they know stuff. Well, when I got to 50... I found out what a dumb idea that was. And I thought, okay, 60. 60, that's going to be the age when I realize I'm finally mature. I finally got it all together. I finally know how to do marriage. I know how to do being a parent and knowing how to be a grandparent, knew how to be a pastor, never worried about anything, got all the answers. Turned 60 and realized that's a dumb idea. You gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. What does it say? I need thee. When I was 30, I needed him. When I was 40, I needed him. When I was 50, I needed him. When I'm 61, I need him. It never runs out of style. It never runs out to the place that I am wise enough. I can make it without you. No, I want to be poor in spirit. Because if I'm poor in spirit, then I get the whole kingdom. I get everything he has for him. If I simply would be poor in spirit, not arrogant, know it all. This is how I got to do it. But I don't want to be poor in spirit. You know, it's one thing to be poor and know it. It's a whole different thing to be poor and don't know it. You ever been around somebody who's poor and didn't know it? Ralph Waldo Emerson, an American poet and philosopher who died over 100 years ago, wrote a famous essay called Self-Reliance and it captured the spirit of the age, he said, quote, Trust thyself. Every heart vibrates to that iron string. Discontent, the want of self-reliance, it is infirmity of will. Self-reliance has got America thinking that's how we got built. That's how our nation was built. Self reliance. No, nobody does anything without God. Because without Him, I am broke. I am broke. Amen. When, when we were evangelizing years ago, Sister Gil and I were evangelizing, and it was, it was a, some of the first years of our evangelizing, you know, we, we learned real quickly what it was. To go without. Back, 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 way back in that day, a good week may have been two hundred dollars. Good, that's a good week. And we would go sometimes from place to place on faith, getting enough gas. We've started out driving and didn't have enough gas money to get to the next place. We had to trust God, and he would always supply some way, somehow. We didn't have credit cards. We didn't have cell phones. We just went. And we were in, in a place in Georgia preaching a revival, and a family, not the pastor, and, and a family in that church invited us out to eat. And, and there were several in that church that were all eating at this joint. I don't know if it was a Shoney's because that was like the apostolic restaurant. Anybody remember Shoney's? I'm not sure if it was that. But anyway, we were there and, and the bill came due. And I blurted out before I even thought, oh, we got it. I'm going to pay their bill and our bill. And I had a quick revelation of what I just saw in my wallet. I had $5 in my wallet. And I quickly shut up. But, you know, it's, it's that way. I got this. I can do this. And, and, and I didn't look in the wallet. We need tonight to examine our mind when we say, I got this. And the Lord said, really? You can pay for that? You can take care of that? You can handle that? You know how to work that out? Really? Or we could say, I need you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The Laodicean church, the Lord said in Revelation 3 and 17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and White raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore, and repent, amen. I want to repent for being so ignorant sometimes and say with $5 in my wallet, I've got that. I've got that. The Laodiceans were rich, powerful, self-reliant, able, and self-sufficient. But the Lord said, you're broke. You really don't know. How many of you have ever thought about the wealth of somebody like Bill Gates? Bill Gates has a ton of money. Matter of fact, the latest updated Place that I could find, he is worth $129 billion. $129 billion. And he's number four. Rich. We look at rich as being according to material resources. I have what I need, therefore, I can take care of every crisis. I don't need anyone or anything, so I'll make it. He said to the latest in church, you are—you say you're increased with goods. What you're saying is that I have my fill. I'm good. I have needed nothing. How would it be to go to the car lot and not have to have a loan? Here's the cash. Uh, I don't have that kind of money, do you? I have need nothing, and the Lord said, but you're unable, you're wretched, you're unable to balance the scales of your spirit. You may be able to balance the scales of your job and, 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 and pur- pur- purchasing something, but when it comes to your heart, that's where the real matter is, but you really don't know that you're without power. You're blind and cannot see. Amen. You are stripped of your identity. And the Lord is wanting us to know today that we are to be blessed if we allow our spirit to be humble. Humble. By the way, can anybody buy some peace? Do you have enough money to afford uh, some grace, some love, some contentment? No. No. Isaiah 66 and 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, the heaven, the, heaven is, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye built unto me? <laughs> <laughs> and where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath my hand made, and all those things... Have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. The Lord is saying, What gets my attention is those that are of a humble and a broken and contrite heart. Abraham was loaded, he was a rich man. Genesis records in 13 and 2 that Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. But when the Lord told Abraham about Sodom and Gomorrah and the impending destruction, he said, now, the Lord said, I have taken unto me to speak unto the Lord because I am dust. That's what Abraham said. He said, I've taken myself before the Lord because I am dust, loaded but dust. It's attitude." wealthy in the world's eyes, but God spoke to him because of his attitude. Jacob, in Genesis 32 and 10, he said, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff, I passed over This Jordan, and now I have become two bands. What is he saying? I left here with nothing. But when I went to Laban's, I got blessed and and I have provision. Now I'm coming back. But the attitude is I'm not worthy of the least of these blessings. Can anybody say I'm not worthy? I'm not worthy of the least of these blessings. Praise the Lord. That's the attitude of poor in spirit. When God came to Moses with a mission to lead his people out of Israel, this is what he said. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Either hitherto or since has spoken to thy servant, but I'm, I'm slow of speech and of tongue. God responded, Who's made man's mouth? Who makes him dumb or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Can't, Lord, this, you know, I see Moses as being just a really super logical thinker. And he says, I, da, 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 I stutter, Lord. I can't talk plain, Lord. I, 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 I don't have that ability. I think he's putting on, it's just myself. But. And the Lord says, who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? And finally it is, I am here, send me. But God had to deal with his heart. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his response was, Woe is me. David, after his great sin in Psalm 51 and 17, says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and can, a contrite heart. O, o God, thou wilt not despise. Humble, broken God looks at that and said, I'm attracted to that. I don't care how much money you flaunt. I don't care how much you've got. I don't care how much you know. I'm looking for a broken and contrite heart. First Chronicles 29 and 14, uh, uh, when the collection for the temple was received, look at this. But who am I, and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and thy own have we given thee. He said, Lord, we got this from you. Who am, I, I'm going to come with a big offering, but it came from you anyway. Amen. Who am I? David wasn't a man who was poor materially, but he had learned to be poor spiritually. Solomon said in 1 Kings 3 and 7, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant instead of David my father. And he said, I am but a little child, and I know not how to go out or come in. The wisest man on earth said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Job said, I came in here ashes and dust. I'm nothing, Lord, without you. He said, Blessed are those. Theirs is the kingdom. John the Baptist said in John chapter 1 and verse 27 He it is who cometh after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to loosen. He later would say, he must increase, but I must decrease. The greatest prophet that Jesus said had ever been said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Can you say that with me? He must increase, but I must decrease. The tax collectors that Jesus ministered to is recorded in Luke 18 where it says, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased and he that humbled himself shall be exalted somebody say that's the kingdom way that's the kingdom way the world's way is push and grab and shove and run over people to get to the top. But the kingdom way is humble yourself. In Luke 7 and 6, it tells us about the centurion. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself. For I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to even visit my house. I'm not worthy for you to come and and see where I live. It doesn't matter if it's a mansion or if it's a shanty shack. Verse 7, Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man under authority, and having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. What was it? It was that humble, attracted Jesus. And he says, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In Luke 5 and 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Do you feel that way sometimes? I'm just going to fall at his feet. I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of your mercy. I'm not worthy of your grace. Paul said, I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I realize this is not a popular message because it messes with the self-esteem uh, thought of the world, but the, the hymn is still true that saved a wretch like me, like me. First Timothy 1, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that God Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, of whom I am chief. Of whom I am chief. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So, who are those that are in the poor spirit? What does the poor in spirit look like? It's a sense of powerless in our powerlessness in ourselves. It is a sense of spiritual bankrupt- bankruptcy and helplessness before God. It is a spirit of moral... Uncleanness. I am unclean to come before you, Lord, but yet you extended your grace and mercy to me. I realize that we ought to stand and square our shoulders because we're a child of God, but I want to tell you, sometimes I want to tell him, I am unworthy before you. We need to humble ourselves. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. our ministry.